Welcome to the three vital V's of the English classroom. My name is Paul Davidson. And I am Scott Norman. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the first and perhaps easiest V to implement, volume. By volume, of course, I mean practicing the foundational skills of reading and writing in a sizable volume. Sadly, that doesn't mean yelling, although Paul is good at both. I know he's got some volume to that voice, but I have a question for you. Okay. You say that this is the question. We need to get them writing in a sizable volume, like writing a lot and reading a lot, but you're an English teacher. Don't they already do a lot of reading and writing in an English classroom? They do, but there is an imbalance in most of the classrooms. And the reason for this imbalance is because of standardized testing and uh, slogging through the canon. But because of both of those things, the imbalance becomes students read a lot more than they actually write in class. Okay, so the the imbalance we're talking about is specifically between reading and writing. Not that there's like not enough of both or too much of both. It's that there's not a correct ratio. There's not a correct ratio. And if anything, uh, technically, I guess there isn't enough writing and there's a little bit too much reading of one particular type of source. Okay. So, uh, as I mentioned, standardized testing, I don't know about other states, but I know because of like the smarter balance here in Missouri, uh, there's starting to be a little bit of shift, but for the most part, English teachers focus more on reading than writing because the test asks more reading comprehension questions and they only have one little performance event that doesn't weigh out as much as the rest of the reading comprehension does. Yeah, you got like 40 read this text and answer the question and then like write three paragraphs. Yep, one one five paragraph <laughs> essay uh, prompt at the end. That's another day that they'll spend. Mm-hmm. So that causes uh, English teachers to focus more on reading than writing. And then the other one is the classical literary canon, and that's basically where here's this great book from the literary canon. We're going to start and we're going to read this book from chapter one all the way to the end of the book, and it doesn't matter how long it's going to take us. We're going to read this book and get this book done. War and peace. War and peace. That's what we're going to spend the entire year on. And because of those two things, we have this imbalance occur. And I'm guilty of this too. Uh, Up until a couple years ago, I would say that with my sophomores, 80% reading, 30% writing. Mm -hmm. With my seniors, we'd flip it and we'd do probably actually closer to 90% writing and 10% reading. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to do is actually get both of those levels closer to 50%. Okay, so... If this is the issue, and you're saying even you, who are now aware of these things, are doing it, how do we change something that seems to be like, if we're teaching to the test, right, it it seems to be something that I as a teacher would say, it's not my fault, right? What are ways that we can solve the problem while still preparing students? People think that we need to keep them separated. Mm -hmm. We need to keep reading and writing separated because they are two different things. Mm -hmm. But they're not. They are interconnected they are inter they are related in order for you to read something someone had to write it and so what we need to do is show students that there is this interconnection between the 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 abilities to read and the abilities to write that they both work together in tandem and by talking about them and teaching them in tandem that would allow for students to get better at both of them actually so basically you got to get to the point where you understand it or where your students can understand that reading is simply looking at someone else's writing and writing is simply giving someone else something to read. Yep. Pretty okay. much. As, <laughs> and as weird as that sounds coming out of, like it seems something that's obvious, but for the most part, we don't teach English that particular way. Yeah. And I know that's something within social studies that's a disconnect too, because students will write something 
And then I'll be like, what on earth do you mean by this? And they're like, I don't know. I just wrote what you wanted me to. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, so I, I see that, that disconnectedness. And so you need to show them that what they're reading is actually helping helping them understand what they need to write. So how do we how can we do that? Like how do we actually make that understanding happen? Well, there's two ways that we can possibly do this. The first one is examining the content. Having okay. students break apart and examine how the content is built. And within that, you could do, like, with informative text uh, or argumentative text, you could do the Toleman model, which he talks about, like, how every piece of writing has a claim that they're trying to make, a warrant that backs it up, and, bat and data that helps connect that warrant to that claim. You could also do that, and if you're studying something via narrative, you could look at different plot developments. The famous one is Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, mm -hmm. but you also have something along the lines of, you know, like, the Rags the Riches story, mm -hmm. or uh, how comedies always end with a happy ending, or the tragedy always ends with the death. Uh, those particular types of plots, you can have them understand, here's these, type, here's these archetypes, and then they can start applying those patterns to what they're reading. So that is the content, how to examine the content. So looking at the big picture of what is going on in this writing. Yes. Okay. And then the second one is looking at the structural and stylistic nuances that different authors bring to the text. Okay, so what are like some some things that you might see as a as a stylistic nuance that they could call out? Uh, the patterning that they would kind of use with the re with certain ways that they would use repetition, how they how different authors would paint a different scenario. Uh, one of the most famous stylistic people is Hemingway. Hemingway has a very like short and distincted type of style that's straight and to the point yet is able to paint a very effective picture. Mm -hmm. And then you flip that on the other side and you have someone, I'm including two canonical authors. I apologize for that. Mm -hmm. But if you look at someone like F. Scott Fitzgerald, he has more flowery pro prose that he will be very, he'll paint a beautiful picture of what this particular house looks like yeah. where Hemingway will be more direct and to the point. And yeah, then, so they're both they're both using the same big picture overarching structure, but they're doing it in very different like small methods yes. to get there. And then on top of that, like you can also look at how different authors from different backgrounds come at it. Like if you have an author that uh, speaks African-American vernacular English, the rhetorical ways that they use the language is going to be different than a white writer. Like, uh, what's was, what was the name of that book that we did? The crossover. Yes, the crossover by Kwame, Kwame, Kwame Alexander. Yeah, yes. there you go. That. Look, the crossover by Kwame Alexander, or you could also look at like how Langston Hughes uh, presents his poetry. He pr Hughes writes poetry in a very different and unique way than, let's say, Robert Frost would. Mm -hmm. So, if if I had to, to to break this down into like I'm I'm good with like the let's explain this in the simplest way possible. The the content you're talking about is essentially the frame of the house like this is laying a foundation and putting up the the load-bearing walls of this thing of like how how is the big picture looked at and then the structure to think it back to uh, a former professor of both me and yours dr yeah. ridley the uh content is putting the bricks where the bricks need to be yeah okay putting putting the bricks where they need to be and then the structural nuances or the stylistic nuances are more like looking at interior design in the house. Like, how did they actually lay it out to what looks good to them? How, how they enjoy looking at this structure? Even if you step back and you're like, okay, these are both houses, but very how clearly How did they the build this house differently than this house? Both yeah. of them ser serve the same function of being a house, yeah. but how is this house different than this house? Okay, so that's, that's that second part. So um, the... The deal is here that we're getting to look at all of this information 
and process how people are writing. Is there anything else important we need to know about how this needs to be done? Well, it needs to be done almost immediately. So you don't need to have them read something and then write something separate. You need to strike while the iron's hot. And so as soon as they read something, they need to write about it. And they need to write about it either analyzing it or trying to... Uh, attempt it using the text that they interacted with as a mentor and they're going to try to write their own version of that particular type of text okay so like you could give them let's say a a poem i, I kept wanting to say paragraph for something you give <laughs> technically them, you could give them a paragraph okay too. give them a paragraph too but you could give them a poem and say okay match the stylistic nuance of this author but write your own put your own content in yeah okay put your own content how you uh how your own thoughts into the structure that the the, the author has already given you okay that way you kind of crawl before you uh run or you could also say uh, similar to like college forum post uh-huh. uh here's this thing write your thoughts about this thing that we read what did you think about the content that you interacted with? okay so either one of those things as long as you're doing it immediately the the point is to get the reading into writing or get the writing into reading as soon as possible yes he let them see that they are two of the same thing and not two separate things okay so um i am i am very interested to see where this goes but i i hear a timer ticking <laughs> when when can i find out more about this topic well we'll continue to talk about volume the vital v of volume in our next episode all right i'm excited to see you there This was a TDWG presentation.